Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Today's episode is sponsored by Sourcebooks and there's an interview we did with Katie Ruggle. Her newest book is Rocky Mountain Cowboy Christmas, the first in the new Rocky Mountain Cowboy series, which brings pulse-pounding romantic suspense to a cowboy's Colorado Christmas. You'll love the four books in her most recent series, Rocky Mountain Canine Unit, about canine officers, their trusty dogs, and the women they swear to protect. Track down, run to ground, on the chase, survive the night, and through the fire. Katie's first series, Search and Rescue, included six titles about Rocky Mountain rescue divers courting danger and each other. Look for other new source books, Casablanca Christmas titles, such as You Had Me at Cowboy by Jenny Martz, Cowboy Still Christmas by Nicole Helm, Billionaire Wolf by Christmas, uh, Billionaire Wolf for Christmas by Terry Spear, and Cowboy Christmas Jubilee from Dylan Crush. <laughs> Welcome to episode 289 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm giggly. Yeah. We just fought through a, an, an ad read and some stuff, and I was like, I couldn't, I, you were reading everything, and I was just nervous. We start laughing at the stupidest things, so I was afraid we would make eye contact. So that's what we were just it's talking about. my radio about. voice. You're, I, yeah, every time we have an ad read or anything... Even if it's like I did the interview for today, which is with Katie Ruggle, which in our, like you mentioned in the ad read, this episode is sponsored by Sourcebooks. And but even if like I had nothing to do with this episode, anytime we have a sponsorship, I'm like, here's the information, Jill, because you're reading it because you have the the radio voice. I do not. Um, yeah. Um, if actually before I talk about what the episodes about like how can people get a hold of us if they want to talk with us they can go to our website professionalbooknerds.com and there get links for our all of our social we are on twitter and instagram at pobooknerds you can also get links for our viber community to come talk about books with us and you can email us directly at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com yes you can and if you haven't listened to our most recent episodes uh in a couple weeks we'll be doing a kind of holiday gift giving episode where we're taking the types of books that you or people in your gift giving circle enjoy and we'll give you book recommendations for those people we've gotten a lot of responses i'd love a few more so that we can really keep it varied (laughs) a couple of people have been just like i don't buy books for other people but i love them for myself which is totally fine so definitely email us basically either your or the person that you're buying for is interests and we will give some book recommendations out to a bunch of those Uh, in an upcoming episode and also we recently finished our 30-day book challenge little circuit on the uh, last day of november Uh, whether you're on your first day your 25th day 30th day whatever keep tagging us in those on instagram you can find the actual post on instagram and twitter uh and our website if you want to to grab the template for that we love seeing those so keep doing it um Okay, that's all like the housekeeping, right? Yep. Okay, cool. So today's interview is with Katie Ruggle, who is a romance suspense novelist writer. And I don't read a lot of romance, but I love talking to romance novelists because there's all these small niches of romance. Um, and Katie writes about these Rocky Mountain 
like police and firefighter uh, type of people. And what's always interesting to me about romance writers is they tend to have a background that's t- like kind of tied to their genre. And so Katie has this history of she um, is a trained like cold water rescue person in the Rocky Mountains. Huh. She's worked with the police forces and she's just she has a really interesting life. It's really cool. And then actually next week episode is kind of similar where it's like all about rodeo romance and cowboy romance things. And the author of that one like has spent her life in rodeos. So it's just really interesting to hear she's she says in this conversation, it's like, yeah, I write all about fires all the time and blowing stuff up because I see that a lot. And I'm like, that's super interesting. So maybe you want to read these books for sure. Um, and as you'll see with next week's episode and this week's episode, she has a Christmas themed title that uh, has recently come out. So we know Christmas and romance very often go hand in hand. Romance are very popular this time of year. Yep. You would know that as a librarian better than I would. So Yes. Um, yeah, I think people will enjoy it. Um, are there other things that you think people should know about? I don't think so. Okay, I, there wasn't. That wasn't like a leading question. I, I know. I was curious. Um, okay, cool. Well, I think that's everything on our end then, and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Katie Ruggle on the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Adam again, and today I am joined by Katie Ruggle, who is a wildly prolific romance and erotic romance and suspense novel writer. Uh, She is well known for all of her books that are centered kind of in the Rocky Mountain area and she has all sorts of stuff about canines and police and firefighters and we're going to dive into a whole bunch of it today. So first off, Katie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so we normally like to start our episodes with our authors by having you talk about kind of your latest novel, and looking through all of your pages, it feels like you are just constantly releasing new things for your readers. So I will let you start about just kind of, can you share some information on whatever is your latest novel, or honestly, any of your most recent novels that you want to talk about, because there seems to be a variety of them to choose from. <laughs> um, yes, last uh, last year was a very busy year with <laughs> writing. Um, I just had a whole bunch of projects kind of pile up on, so... Um, this year was fun because we had a lot of releases, but the uh, latest one, um, which is kind of seasonal, seasonally appropriate to talk about, um, is the um, uh, the Rocky Mountain Cowboy Christmas, and um, that is Fireman Steve's story, and Fireman Steve is a character who he popped up in my um, Search and Rescue series. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in the canine series. And um, people kept asking, you know, when is Steve getting his own book? And it almost became kind of a um, uh, a little bit of a running joke. Piece. You know, that Steve, poor Steve, he's a widower with four kids, and he's never getting his happy ending. He's just a book after book, and he never gets, he never gets the, you know, uh, to find anyone mm-hmm. himself. So... This one is for Steve, and um, um, it is, <laughs> so poor Steve has been, um, you know, since he was moving series to series, he keeps ending up in these small towns that um, uh, <clears throat> over the course of the series tend to get blown up and burned <laughs> down and that sort of thing. <laughs> so he uh, he ends up, takes his kids, moves back to the family farm, um, which is um, in Bourne, Colorado, 
um, <clears throat> and um, which is you know still in the mountains, but he's hoping it will be a little safer for his family uh, to grow up in. And um, so he moves back um, with his um, uh, his uh, three brothers, and um, he hasn't been he hasn't lived back in town um, for um, about I believe seventeen years. Um, and, um, so he goes back to work on his family's Christmas tree farm. And, uh, on this farm, they, um, uh, they also do logging with horses. So they, when people go out and they pick their Christmas tree, so they'll cut it and then they'll bring it back with the horses. Um, so this ranch is very, very Christmassy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, in this, but he also is um, a firefighter, and so um, on his very first day, um, they get a um, search and rescue call, and the town hermit, um, whose name is Camille, uh, she is kind of the uh, eccentric artist. Um, her neighbor said that she hasn't seen her um, in over a day. And that she went out um, on foot, and she's worried that she's lost in the wilderness. Um, <clears throat> so they go out searching for her, and it ends up um, she has just been uh, gone for a couple hours. She did return, and her neighbor didn't see. But um, uh, she is um, uh, at the local junkyard because she does um, uh, uses metal for her metal art sculptures. And so she's foraging there, but um, the, the whole search and rescue crew shows up. And so um, she's just completely mortified by this, by all the attention. And um, so Steve uh, pretends to get his foot stuck um, in the metal and tries to get the attention off of her because uh, he remembers her from high school. Remember, she's shy. And um, so that's kind of how it starts. And um, so... Um, uh, Camille starts selling her sculptures at the Christmas tree farm, um, and, um, it meets the kids who are all, uh, definitely their own individuals <laughs> and, um, and just kind of starts to become part of their family and, um, uh, part of their Christmas, Christmas traditions. So, um, and of course, since it's one of my books, there is some, some fire and maybe a little explosion, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but it's a little less uh, on the suspense side and kind of more on the uh, the found family and the Christmas side um, for once. I have to say, first off, something that made me laugh at the very at the beginning of your kind of description is. I don't know what it is about romance readers and the writers that they love, but we have several friends who have been on the show who are romance writers, and they talk about the exact same thing where you write these stories and then you have a side character, like for yours it's Steve, and they you're constantly getting these messages from readers like, why doesn't that particular person have their own story? I don't know what it is about romance readers, but it's like they fall for a certain person who maybe you as a writer weren't expecting to be the main story, and all of a sudden you have to give that person a story of their own. <laughs> yes, it's um, uh, it, it's interesting. In fact, the Search and Rescue series, um, <clears throat> the um, uh, main uh, villain of the piece, I ha did have people asking uh, if that person could have their own story. Um, and in that case, I did say no. <laughs> the bad guy is not giving the story. <laughs> um, so, 
you mentioned, you know, a lot of your books have, you know, search and rescue and, and fire and things of that nature involved with them. That's a little bit, you have that in your background, correct? I do. I have a, a very um, odd and, and uh, <clears throat> um, uh, a lot of different things in my background. I um, was a creative writing major in college, and then I got my MBA, uh, and then I went to work for an engineering company. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, <clears throat> so af- after um, I left that job, I thought, well, um, uh, I either want to get my PhD in technical writing or I want to go to cop school. And so <laughs> I um, <laughs> I looked at each program and I thought, you know, cop school looks like so much more fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I it did end up doing that and um, worked for a police department as a community service officer. Um, and uh, my favorite part of that was that we were part of the crime scene team. So we did a lot of the forensics. Um, on, on the major cases, and um, I turned into such a forensic nerd. Um, I just love love all of that, and my editor has to kind of pull me back sometimes <laughs> because um, a lot of times what I think is really fascinating, she's like, no, no, Katie, that's just gross. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so, yes, and then... Um, uh, when I moved, um, up in the middle of nowhere in the mountains, um, I did volunteer for the fire department there. Um, so I got the crash course in, um, uh, being, you know, the volunteer firefighter and, um, and I was trained in, um, uh, cold water rescue as well. So, um, which I don't know why I thought that would be fun, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was really cold. Um, but, um, but no, it's, it was really interesting and really fun. And that's kind of how I got the idea for my first, uh, search and rescue book, um, Hold Your Breath, which is about, um, cold water rescue divers. I, first off, the, I feel like it takes a certain type of person to look at the idea of, you know, like the police academy or cop school and be like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, but that's one type of person. But the, the cold water rescue stuff, like, do you have a, a swimming background or I'm just, I'm blown away because I am terrified of deep water and cold deep water just sounds hauntingly creepy. Like, do you have a swimming yeah. background or where did that come from? Where you just, you seem to be that type of person who's just very free spirited, like, yeah, I'll go try that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my um, kryptonite is when people say like, "Come on, it'll be fun," <laughs> and a lot of times it's it's you know terrifying, but um, but usually it's fun when they say that, um, and that's what <laughs> the chief said. He's like, "No, come on, do this; it'll be fun." Um, but no, I um, uh, I don't really have a um, swimming background. I did do diving, but um, I'm just certified in open water diving. Um, as far as that goes. Um, so just, you know, swimming around and, and looking at pretty fish. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, with the, the cold water, it was, um, uh, you know, we were in the dry suits, um, but we, we stayed at the surface. Okay. And so um, it's, 
But I agree, though. The idea, I remember, like, as a kid, the idea that scared me the very most was being in the freezing cold water and, like, getting pulled by the current. Yeah. And so you're you're under the ice and you can't get through. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, that's actually one of one of the um, one of the scenes in there. <laughs> that's happened. <laughs> oh man, I guess I guess the best way to get through things is to write through it, though. I suppose, kind of write through your fears. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it's um, we we'll have that talk a lot uh, with my editor and um, uh, my production editor and a couple other people from Sourcebooks. Is we'll think or we'll say, okay, what is the scariest thing you can imagine? And then we try to put it into the book. <laughs> um, uh, so I like we talked about a lot of your, your other books are very you know suspensefully romantic kind of tie in and and using those two genres together. So did it was it kind of a a breath of, of fresh air? Excuse the pun to do the kind of the found family with uh, the Rocky Mountain Cowboy Christmas for a change. Was it just something like a nice change of pace for you as a writer? It was and. Um, I got to write about horses, which is um, one of my um, uh, one of my hobbies. Um, I have way too many expensive hobbies, <laughs> um, and um, uh, so I was excited about that. And also Camille's personality. Um, there's one scene where she's in her workshop, and someone knocks on the door, and she's trying to hide because she doesn't want to answer the door. And um, there's so many parts of her that um, it's kind of my hermit side. So that was really fun to write about. And, uh, <laughs> and also when it, when it was published and uh, when it was released, um, how many people said, oh, Camille is me. And I was <laughs> like, yes, I feel you, sister. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I'm, I'm, a guess, I'm guessing another one of your hobbies is dogs, since you have the, the Canine Unit series as well. Um, yes, I do. Um, I have two dogs right now, um, an Australian Shepherd and a um, Great Pyrenees. And um, the Australian Shepherd, um, I tried to take him to, um, along with his brother, I tried to take them to um, herding lessons because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it's like their destiny. They <laughs> they need this to be fulfilled. Right. And um, so, and every time we go... Uh, you know, they were kind of interested, not that interested. Not, the woman who's teaching us was like, oh, bring them back. I think, you know, I think we can get them going. Mm-hmm. Until one day when um, he was um, going to make the sheep and a butterfly went by and he <laughs> started following it. And he, I'm like, okay, this is like the poster child for K9 ADD. Oh, my God. We're not doing this anymore. And... <laughs> So I have the Aussies that don't herd, and then I have a great Pyrenees cross. And um, um, I got her because I really wanted chickens, but out in the middle of nowhere in Colorado, there's coyotes mm-hmm. and there's this um, red-tailed hawk that sits on the gate and just waits for me to bring him chicken dinner, you know. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I just I thought, I, there's no way I can have chickens out here. So I thought, well, I'm going to get a, a Pyrenees, a guardian livestock dog, and um you know, she can keep away the predators. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I got her as, um, as a puppy, and um, she would hear the coyotes yipping in the distance, and uh, she would run inside and hide under the bed. Oh. Um, and so, yes, so she's she's my, you know, 80-pound um, lap dog, and 
Um, so I call it the Island of Misfit Dogs because no one does what they're supposed to do. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> but they're they're lovely, and um, I do um, uh, obedience and agility with the Aussies. And the Pyrenees, I'm just happy if she sits, <laughs> if I'm holding a hot dog. Well, listen, I totally understand. I have a Weimaraner and a Vishla, which are both hunting dogs. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I'm I'm actually not even not only man out a hunter I'm a vegetarian so I don't even eat the meat that someone else goes and gets but I our Vizsla is the younger of the two and we have never trained him or anything for hunting but he comes from a line of hunting dogs and anytime he's in our yard he will hunt the the Reiner. he will literally like stalk him and point <laughs> and the Weimaraner comes from a a line of uh of like show dogs so he has no hunting ability in his brain he's the same way like when we had him as a puppy he saw a mouse and the mouse ran between his legs and he looked under his legs and then looked up at me and was like did you see that thing so i totally get having misfit dogs who don't know what they're supposed to be doing that makes i think that makes them better yes i know i know they're uh um uh you know they're they're a lot of fun but you must have i mean they're both pretty high energy dogs, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I'm a I, yeah, I'm a distance runner, and I also they so they ah. get they get runs with me every day, and they also go on hikes and all sorts of stuff. So they they have nice. they're eight and six, but they're eight and six year old puppies, so they'll always yeah. have lots of energy. <laughs> um, I know. I would yes. Um, so I I'm kind of curious. We were talking about how many books <laughs> you released this year. So what is your kind of like writing? process like you know we were talking about all the the hobbies and interests you have and you obviously put those into your book so I assume you know sort of the the research part of things is really just this the knowledge that you already have but when it comes down to actually putting all of these words down like what is your schedule like are you kind of like a nine to five writer or just maybe like take us through how you're able to do all this um yeah I um uh I definitely have to start writing in the morning. Uh, if I let myself, um, then I can fill up my day with everything else very mm-hmm. easily. Um, but um, so I um, I sit down and um, I usually write till about uh, two in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then I um, <laughs> unless I'm on deadline, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's four in the morning. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I go out and I'll, um, I have, uh, three horses now and, uh, so I'll go out and work with the horses or, um, uh, that sort of thing. But yeah, I try to stay really structured because otherwise things don't get done. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, um, and I'm, I'm definitely a pantser. Um, <laughs> I, everything else in my life, I have, I do lists and I try to be really organized and, um, make everything neat and tidy and. I try to outline my books and like that first point I'm off roading and I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> and so I always, I always warn them when I do my uh, synopsis for, um, uh, you know, for the, for the publisher when they're being launched. I'm like, you know, this isn't going to be what the book is, right? <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, that's fine. So just, <laughs> just put whatever you think right now. Uh-huh. And um, so because of that, we end up changing and edit. Uh, about 50 to, well, about a third to 50 percent of the book. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Completely changed. Like, 
um, different people die than we expect. So, <laughs> so, uh, so you are definitely one of the you're one of the types of people who you aren't hyper protective of all the words you write in those first drafts, right? I know a lot of people will write their like hundred thousand word draft and they're like very protective of them. It sounds like you're okay with going through and and cleaning up a lot of those. Yes, definitely. Um, and I, I really trust, I love my editor. I really trust her. Um, and um, uh, and so I know that what she's doing helps it. Um, there have been just a couple sticky times where I, um, I'm like, no, you know, I, I really would like this. And so we find a way to work around it uh, and compromise. So we're both happy. Um but um, the the hardest part, especially writing about dogs, is that um, you have the reality, and then you kind of have what readers demand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that was a little hard because we had to. I'm like, I hate getting things wrong with the research, mm-hmm. and so um, uh, for example. Um, um, there's, um, generally, um, the car is not heated, um, that the canine is in, mm-hmm. uh, because they, um, they want them to be used to the temperature. So, um, they cool it, you know, they have the fans in the summer so the dogs don't get overheated, but in the winter, um, they just let the dog get acclimated to that, mm-hmm. um, so that it's not like they go out and, and they're freezing. Right. Um, but my mother said, no, you have to put a heater in that car. And <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll put, the, I'll put the heater in the car. But um, and it's things like that, that that are the hardest for me to change. Because I'm like, but it's right. She's mm-hmm. like, I know, but it's, it's you have to do it. <laughs> so, oh, man. Um, yeah, so that's the toughest for me. But, but overall, with my words, um, I'm like, yeah, um, go ahead and change it. Um, and then, and I'm a grammar nerd too, so uh, copy edits. Um, uh, I um, I'll argue about a comma for like, um, or I'll discuss a comma. It's not really arguing um, for like three paragraphs. <laughs> Oh, we have a lot of those here at our offices, so I can appreciate that. Um, yeah. I I mentioned, you know, a couple times that you're both a, a suspense and romance writer. Why do you think that those two genres kind of play so well together in books? Um, I think because um, uh, they, both, they both play to the tension. Mm-hmm. So you have the romantic tension and the suspense tension, um, and it just it just helps build on each other, especially, you know, when you're in a stressful, tense situation with someone, um, the relationship can progress so much faster just because, um, uh, I think it does reveal who they are, mm-hmm. um, uh, in a much shorter time frame. Um, and also, um, I, I hate the, um, kind of tension that's based on misunderstandings and not communicating and, um, I really like it when uh, the the couple is a team, mm-hmm. um, and um, so to do that, I have to have kind of the outside conflict uh, coming in, and mm-hmm. um, and you know they they have their struggles in their relationship, but um, but I don't 
um, uh, you know, I, I like that to be a really solid reason why they're um, why they're not getting together, and um, and it's and it's nice to be able just to blow something up. <laughs> and, and so, and you know, create something they have to work through together, mm-hmm. um, so that they can be a team at the same time. Um, I just want everyone to get along. Um, so, kind of along those same lines, like, what's a romance trope that you absolutely hate seeing in romance novels? Uh, did you say the tropes? Yeah, wh- yeah. What's one that you do, that you do not like? I, I don't like um, a secret baby. Um, uh, because, um, uh, yeah, that's just not one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I'm th- thinking of, because honestly, I'll, I'll read almost anything, um, as long as it's done well. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I definitely have my favorites. Um, I'm not big on second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I um uh I love um uh friends to lovers, um enemies to lovers, any of those uh are great. Um I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, <laughs> um uh, obviously I, I love, you know, the suspense and the mm-hmm. um um, uh, I, I love the uh, the fake marriage or the fake relationship. Uh-huh. That's one of my favorites. Uh, okay, now I'm doing favorites. That's okay. I'm, no, I'm that, not doing the ones I don't like. No, that's a, that's okay. <laughs> Secret baby, Secret baby sounds like one that I would see, like if I walked into my mom watching um, like Days of Our Lives or a soap opera. Like Secret Baby feels like a, a a soap opera thing for sure. So I can I can agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, I just can't think of a justification. Um, to keep the baby a secret um, mm-hmm. from the other parent uh, that's not, um, unless that other parent is such a horrible person, you don't want them to be the hero in a romance yeah. novel. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, so that's the main reason I have trouble with that one. Um, but um, uh, let's see. I think it's not really a trope, but um, what makes me shut a book is when, uh, and this is why I'm so determined to get my research right, is when um, it's something that I know about and they get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did a lot of research um, on um, guns because one of my characters has a gun shop mm-hmm. um, in uh, the Search and Rescue series. And, um, uh, and I do target shooting. Uh, I like you. I don't. I'm not a hunter. Mm-hmm. I like anything except paper. Um, <laughs> makes me like really upset. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I hit a ground squirrel with my car, I'm like, yeah, just wrecked. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I kind of yeah. Um, uh, so no, I'm not a hunter, but I, I do like target shooting, and um, and so when people will. Uh, they'll be they'll say it's a Glock, and then they talk about taking the safety off, mm-hmm. and they don't have an external safety on them. Um, then it, it just rips my brain out um, <laughs> <laughs> of the book. <laughs> so <laughs> that you know, horse stuff, um, some dog stuff. Um, when it's when it's not accurate, then I just I have a hard time getting back into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally understand. By the way, about like 
hitting a you know a squirrel or an animal of any kind. I am absolutely with you. There's actually there's a website called DoesTheDogDie.com, and it's a website where you can search for books or movies or TV shows that feature <laughs> animals, and it'll literally tell you if the dog survives or not because like. I do not care how good a story is or like a book is or a movie or anything. I know I'm going to be emotionally crushed if the animal dies. So I just try to like steer clear of those. So I, even if it's a fake animal, I'm right there with you. Yes, yes. And um, and, and all of my books, the dog never dies. So um, so you're, you're in the clear. As I say, that's mine. the right way to do it. You're keeping us safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hate to even ask because you've released so many books this year, but do you, are you currently working on new stories in your series? Um, yes and no. Um, <laughs> so, um, the canine series, um, just finished up in, um, I want to say September. Mm-hmm. Um, I can never keep track. <laughs> uh, and, and titles too. I always forget my own title. Uh-huh. But um, um, so that finished up. The first one in the um, Rocky Mountain Cowboys, um, which was Steve's story that mm. Steve's story that I was talking about. Um, that one is it's a Christmas series, so um, that's going to be out. Um, uh, Christmas 2019 will be the next one. So in between is the series that I'm the most excited about. I've been waiting to do this series. Um, because it is the Rocky Mountain Bounty Hunters, uh-huh. and it's a family of sisters who are um, bounty hunters. Oh. And, yeah, I come from a big family. Uh, I have five sisters, and um, I, um, uh, the first one, the first book in the series, In Her Sights, will be out in March. And um, I am very excited about it because uh, it's all about the women, um, uh, who are you know kicking ass and taking names, and um, uh, and uh, the hero um, he's very useful, but he kind of follows behind her like a puppy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so it was just it was a lot of fun to do kind of a um, uh, a female centered um, uh, uh, mystery uh, uh, suspense. So um, uh, and especially with the family and the sisters. So um, are you gonna have? the sisters kind of take on personalities of your own sisters or are you steering clear of that type of situation? I, I, I'm pretty much steering clear. Uh Um, my characters, you know, people always ask like, you know, who's this inspired by? Who's that inspired by? Um, it's, they kind of pop out of my brain fully formed. Um, (laughs) I'm sure it's little bits and pieces of everybody I know, but they, kind of have their own fully formed personalities and they never do what I want. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I think I'm safe. I don't think I'll get in trouble with my sister. Um, <laughs> with, with, with the, uh, um, with the bounty hunter sisters. Oh, that's so funny. Um, okay. I know. <laughs> so, uh, towards the end of our podcast with authors, we love to ask what we call the nerd nine, just nine sort of lighthearted questions. Not that anything else I asked you was super deep and heavy, I know, but uh, we used to call them rapid fire. And then we had so many people who would write in because I get on tangents all the time and they'd be like, please stop calling those rapid fire. You, you get so sidetracked. So they're very light- lighthearted. Um, the first one is, what's the last book you finished reading? 
Oh, um, um, hang on, hang on, I need to find it. Um, I, I'm, I'm bad with my own titles, and I'm even worse with um, um, other people's titles. Oh, right there it's, with um, you. Um, it's Little White Lies by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Uh, what's your favorite place to read? Um, it's probably, um, I have a big armchair and I sit in it sideways and the cat sits, um, uh, up top next to me uh, on the top of the chair. Uh, do you remember the book that made you sort of fall in love with reading as a kid? Um, yes. Um, it was the, um, uh, actually the Narnia series I think sticks out the most. Nice. Um, and uh, my mom would always read to me, and even when I could read myself, um, I think I was still 12, and she'd still read books to me. Um, so, um, uh, so I really have good memories with mm-hmm. with that series and um, with uh, uh, reading with my mom. Yeah, that is adorable. What is one place you'd like to travel that you have not yet been to? Australia. Nice. Do you have a favorite holiday? Oh, um, hmm, hmm, hmm. not really. Um, pr- I thought sure you were gonna say Christmas because you have a book oh, about uh, it. I know, but um, um, I, but I can't. When I worked for the police department, um, uh, I would always end up working um holidays. That's fair. And um, and so they kind of, um, uh, like my family, we kind of create our own holidays when we go. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now, now I have to think. Which one's my favorite? <laughs> um, I think Halloween. Okay, that's a good one. Because I'm out in the country, and so I buy, you know, I pretend to myself that there's going to be lots of people coming by. <laughs> so I buy the big thing of candy, the ones I like. And um, I, I think I got one person in oh. here, so um, so then I can eat it. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you a coffee person or a tea person? Tea. Cats or dogs? Oh, that's hard to choose. Both? I'll accept um, both. My co-host, who isn't with me today, she's a cat person. I'm obviously a dog person, so this is like our eternal right. battle. So you're allowed to say both. That's okay. Okay, okay. Well, and I have, if we're just going by numbers, I have four cats and um, only two dogs right now. So um, cats do have the majority, but dogs do have the the mass. That's Um, true. So, so yeah, that's a hard one. Okay. Uh, Um, Yeah, I do like dogs because you can do so much with them outside, Mm -hmm. but um, cats are awfully snuggly. (laughs) All right, we'll we'll allow both. I I won't make you choose okay. between the two. Um, do you have a favorite food? Uh, tropical Skittles. Wow, you and my wife should hang out. That's she loves those as well. Um, They're really good, and you can't find them anywhere. Is, so, so is that I the get, is that the purple the, the purple food. bag or the green bag or the orange bag? Uh, it is the green bag. Okay. See, I, I know my wait, Skittles wait, wait. pretty well. No, it's the orange. The green is the sour. It's the orange bag. Okay. Yeah. Wait. She's a fan of For those blue? as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, if you could have dinner with one person, alive or dead, who would you pick? 
I get yelled at a lot for this one. I know, I know. Um, this is one of the ones that uh, you have to think about, you know, for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I always tell people uh, Dr. Oh, Seuss. Ahead. I always tell people Dr. Seuss or Jim Henson are the two that I always go with. Oh, those are good ones. I was thinking Mark Twain. He'd probably be oh, interesting. that's a really good one, too. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That's really good. Now, you know, once we hang up, then I'm going to have about (laughs) 10 of them pop into my head right away. (laughs) I know. Somebody once named like six or seven, and I was like, well, I guess we'll just call it a dinner party, and we'll just let you have all of those names. That's okay. (laughs) Um, Last question for you, Katie. What do you hope readers take away from reading your books? Oh, you know, I just... All I hope with the books is that they have uh, a few hours of escape time. Uh, I think, especially right now, um, having some uh, escape is important. And um, my both my parents, they're in their 80s, mm-hmm. and they both read my books. And um, uh, the other day my mom said she finds them very comforting. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such a nice compliment because... Um, because uh, that's kind of, I, I always love reading books that um, are kind of the book equivalent of a nice hug. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, everyone's happy at the end. Um, there's, there's like, exciting moments, and, and um, you know, I hope they're caught up in the story. And, and um, um, but at the end, you know, I just, I hope they're entertained. And then, um, and also, you know, if it's um, what people are looking for, that they're also uh, comforted, too for that time that's perfect katie thank you so much for joining us today this was a blast thank you so much sorry about all the babbling (laughs) no that's okay babbling is great we're basically a podcast of babbling it's perfect (laughs) readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit